You're good whenever, honestly. Uh, Shit, it's rolling. How's it? Day guys, we're back here live in the studio once again for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today's Monday, March 2nd, 2020. NBA season's riding down, college basketball season's winding down. I'm joined by none other than Brett Baker. Brett, say what's up to the people. Hello, hello. And once again, it is Brett Baker, also known as the role player TRP. And I'm back on Thomas's show to talk a little bit of hoops. Um, because that's that's what's going on right now. It's March. This is the hoop month. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the first podcast of March. Kind of bad that I'm not doing it for college basketball, but we'll get on that college basketball pod later on in the week. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Plenty of time. But um, let's go ahead and kick things off here. Um, you know, honestly, I'm one of those people. I like to wait a little bit more into the season for basketball before I do my power rankings rather than with football because I know a lot of y'all be overreacting and have – the and have you know these teams like the Pacers, the Heat, the 76ers way higher up than they should be. But now that everything's settled, it's time to go ahead and get things started, break things down. So I'm going to start off here with my number 10 team in my we're only doing the top 10, by the way. I don't want to keep you all here forever. And then we'll talk about the two teams I left we're not off. Doing the top, we're not doing the should be in there. We're not going to do like we're not doing what? the top 30, <laughs> bro. I mean. If you want to see, I don't know if you do. Um, <coughs> sorry about that. All right, let's go ahead and start things off here. Number ten, I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Number ten, hey. I've got the Miami Heat. Um, not gonna lie, I have reason to not put the Heat in the top ten, but there's just no way I can't not put the Heat in the top ten here, guys. I mean, this, te- this is a Jekyll and Hyde team when they're home and away. When this team's at home, they can beat anyone on the NBA. On but when they're on the road, it, it's not pretty. I mean, we watched to the Timberwolves. Um, who was the other team they lost to this last week? They lost to two absolutely awful teams back-to-back times on the road, and it's because they don't take it seriously and they're not focused. You know, the Heat, they show up they're to play well. They're also pretty young. Big... Yeah, but, I mean, Jimmy Butler is supposed to be more of the veteran guy, you know, to help them keep their focus. They got Eagle with Don there now. You know, I mean, I like the pieces they have and everything, but at the end of the day in the Eastern Conference, it all comes down to if you can keep Giannis Antetokounmpo paint and quite frankly i don't think the heat are gonna be able to do it in the playoffs and for the record they lost back-to-back games against the cleveland cavaliers and the minnesota timberwolves which is pretty embarrassing um so yeah yeah so i mean like if miami could play a little bit better on the road i would have in the top five but because of how they are home and away they can't be any higher than 10 um number nine here i've got the dallas mavericks and i'll be honest with you guys you're a hater i'm honest I, I might have even thought about putting the Mavs maybe one spot higher here. I mean, don't get me wrong. Just because I'm a hater on teams doesn't mean that I'm not going to be reasonable on them. I mean, the Mavs, they play you well. You were a right hater now. at the beginning. I'm not saying you are now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I definitely am not. Trust me, those Mavs fans on Twitter make me want to say nothing good about them. But honestly, I mean, the Mavs, they play good team basketball even when you have Luka Doncic and you have Porzingis out. I mean, they won so many big games without them, including at Philadelphia and at which are two of the hardest places to play in the entire NBA. And they wanted both those without those two guys. I think they play a decent, they play great team defense. They pass the ball, move the ball well, but when they have Luca and KP in there, they're a little bit better. I mean, yeah, I think KP's a little overrated. I mean, Luca is a superstar, no doubt about that. So I'm 
they have a true super they play good team ball i mean the mavs no matter who they play in the first round of the playoffs i think even if they were to play like the lakers clippers rockets in the first round they would still take them six or seven i mean this is not going to be an easy team to send home in the playoffs so i really like dallas and i mean i could even listen to logic to put them higher on this list you know you know what's crazy about dallas and i've i've always I've always used this logic when situations like this happen, but when Luka Doncic mm-hmm. got hurt, that was the best thing to have happened to the Dallas Mavericks because KP Absolutely. finally started to come together as like what we thought KP was. And now both of them are playing incredibly well. I mean, Sunday, KP had 38, and they didn't even need Luka to suit up. I mean, that's that's a testament to Luka being out and KP taking advantage of that time to get better to learn his teammates and now that team is honestly looking pretty damn hard to beat no matter who they're playing uh i still think dallas isn't in that elite elite conversation but i definitely think they're one of the better teams in the I'm, league. i like, wouldn't say they're elite but i said they are hard to beat though yeah absolutely and i mean the thing is with a lot of these teams, unlike Dallas, Dallas is going to beat up on the bad teams. You know, that's a big thing that separates a lot of these teams. You got to be able to beat teams you should beat. Dallas is going to do that, and they're also going to beat the good teams too. That's what puts them here in my top ten. Um, next, let's go here now I, to number eight. I've got the Oklahoma City Thunder here, and I mean, mm. this they have they have great like just smarts. When you play with three point guards on the court, when you have Shea Gildas Alexander, Chris Paul and uh, Dennis Schroeder all out on the court together. I mean, they'll play with three point guards out there. That's so much ball movement and just, just you know, mental smartness. Chris Paul is clearly, um, you know, kind of worn off on this team. And I think that he's just kind of, with the way they've gathered this team together, you know, Steven Adams, Gallinari, that's a solid group of five right there. And I feel like that Chris Paul, I mean, he's smart. He's mentored these young guys, but also he's kind of allowed them to play with a chip on their shoulder. You know, like this team is kind of forgotten about. They're just kind of, all these guys are just thrown to the thunder. Obviously, they wanted Gildas Alexander to build for the future, but Schroeder and Paul, I mean, if they could have got the pieces for him and Gallinari as well, they were willing for many of them. But, I mean, like it's like I said at the beginning of this podcast, if they keep this team together, this is actually a pretty good team, but I thought they were going to break it up. Yeah, and this is one of the bigger shocks, I think, as far as a team finding success this year. However, I think that I would probably lean towards dropping them behind the Mavs I mean really just simply because that 47 point loss last week I mean that was like they got fair enough tanked and honestly it's gonna take at least a couple weeks for me to get back onto the uh OKC (laughs) bandwagon on this one dude I mean that was a schmackin' Hey, this team had covered, though, like 16 or 17 games in a row on the road. It was an NBA record. I mean, if you can play that well, not at the house to me, that is super impressive. And a lot of those games, too, they are favored, you know, because they've gotten so – they've finally started to get the recognition they deserve. And when you're a favorite like that and you're going on the road night in and night out and winning, that says a lot about your team. I mean, if you're able to get up and play a game against a team like – you know, when you go play the Bulls on the road and you got the Bucks the next night, I mean, you're kind of looking ahead a little bit, but they still go in there and they handle business. And I think yeah. that's really impressive and speaks volumes to how good the team is. I mean, Chris Paul, too, his numbers in big games, he plays so much better in big games. He's a big game baller. And so, I mean, that's why, I, on, to be honest with you, if the Mavs played OKC in the first round, I think I would take OKC. Hot take right there. Hmm. I think it would go, I think it would be a deep series. And I'm, honestly, it might depend on, the health of Chris Paul. Whoa. Whoa. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, hey, you're not all right, wrong. but hold on. He before, hasn't been injured all season wrong. So, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Before I get into that, though, and I know that I did talk about the 47 point loss, which was really bad, it is important to notice and give them recognition that they were 14 and 4 in their last 18 coming into that game and 31 and 12. But a stat that did come out of that is that their margin of victory went from 3.1 to 2.2, which is honestly nuts i don't think that wow i mean it's a whole point yeah it was a whole point i mean this late in the season if you're able to do something that affects a stat at a whole point that's crazy but i mean dude let's be honest the bucks are on amazing this team is amazing i mean the the bucks are a very good team i mean no doubt and they're probably gonna have the one spot in this power ranking if i had to guess so let's (laughs) hit the number seven spot number seven spot i've got the denver nuggets um Look, the thing I really like about this Nuggets team is like I always I have tell y'all. I have them in the same exact spot. Okay, good, good, good. So we're on the same page here. Look, the Nuggets need one more superstar, I think, to take them to the next level. Jokic is, yes, he's a great player, but I don't think he can get a bucket whenever you need one, which is what you really need with a true superstar. Um, is you need someone who can get a bucket whenever you need one at the end of the games. I mean, people also forget he missed the big-time free throw that could have kept the game tied against the Blazers in the playoffs, but plays well when they have people out will barton's a really good scoring wing that gives them a lot of scoring jamal murray as well i mean they got gary harris michael porter jr that's what they're really banking on i mean they're already a great team and michael porter jr they think could break out i mean I he love has broken out in a sense jr. And I'm, yeah no i'm not gonna say he can't do it i think if porter jr can be 80 percent of the player he was supposed to be in the nba the, the i would have the nuggets even higher on this list next year i mean to be honest i think the fact of the matter is two players that they have currently show, you know, potential to break out on any given night. And I think that if you have Michael Porter log in 30 minutes a game, he's bound to produce. I mean, he produces every time he's out in the court. It's just whether or not he can stay healthy. The other one that I really like is Jeremy Grant, which he is a loose cannon. I will say that much, but I think that He's a great piece for the Nuggets, and I, I don't know if they're necessarily one piece away, per se, but I think it's... Uh, with the Nuggets, it's all about getting hot at the right time. Uh, last season, they had such a really good team. Got hot at the wrong time, though. Um, they kind of fizzled out at the end of the playoffs. Um, you know, for whatever reason, just didn't perform that well. And I think that if they can get hot and stay hot at the right time, I think that they're a dangerous team in the playoffs. This is the first year ever where I think, you know, a good handful or maybe two others added on to that handful could actually compete for the NBA Finals. Yeah. um, Also, we'll say this about the Nuggets is I really think that they're – they don't have two superstars. You have to have two superstars to win – Western Conference and the Nuggets don't have two superstars so I think that's the thing that hurts them the most honestly I mean you look at the Rockets James Harden Russell Westbrook you look at the Clippers Paul George and Kawhi you look at the Lakers Anthony Davis and LeBron I mean you have to have two superstars to make it out of the West and I think the Nuggets are going to end up hurting from that they just have they have a lot of good players but they don't have that second superstar I agree with Um, you I mean I definitely agree with you that there's a need for a superstar but they are also like kind of breeding talent, and hopefully it works out for him. Now, I mean, Joe Kick is a superstar, but he's just 
No, I think it will. I think we're. I think there's a lot coming from the Nuggets. I mean, Jokic's young. I believe he's only 23. I mean, this the team's really, really young. Jamal Murray's just only can't be older than 23. I mean, Michael Porter Jr.'s 21. This team's so young. If you look at all these pieces, I'm getting there. They're getting there. Um, at number six, I have the Boston Celtics. And look, the Celtics and the Raptors are probably interchangeable at the end of the day. But the way I look at it, if these two teams matched up against each other. And the plus, the actual Celtics have the soul of the Celtics. Jason Tatum in this last month has kind of stepped his game up a lot more. I've moved him into my top 15 players in the league now at this point. So I think Jason Tatum has brought his game all the way around. Jalen Brown's playing well. Gordon Hayward is as well. They've been playing well too without but at the same time, I feel like the way that offense works and that team works, they can be missing one player and still play fine. But at the end of the day, they don't have the big men they need inside. I agree with that. Um, I missed you on a little bit of that due to some, uh, you know, Wi-Fi issues and whatnot. But all I wanted to say, the Boston Celtics are definitely for real Absolutely. with the lack of that big man issue that they have. And... Honestly, it's such a – I'd say it's an easy fix next offseason potentially. But right now, I just don't think that they're going to have uh, what they need to win in the playoffs. Um, Jason Tatum has been playing phenomenal. And last month, he had 31 points yeah. a game on 50% shooting and 48 from the three-point line. Which That's is amazing. just insane. So, I don't really know – it. I don't think that the boss and I have them right there on that. You said you touched on four and five being the Raptors in the Celtics spot. I don't think anybody can really argue against that, but I just don't know if either of them for that matter, have what it takes to win in the playoffs and actually get to the finals. Or even if they do get to the finals, they're probably not going to win. And I don't think either one of them have was, has what it takes to get past the bucks. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think either team does. Um, let's move here now to number five, which is the Toronto Raptors. And let's be honest, we probably didn't, I had thought that your Raptors would be good this season, but this good definitely did not think that. I mean, this team is so much talent, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Solvin, Vliet, Lowry, Pascal Siakam, who is borderline star in this league now. I mean, this Raptors team, they play such great basketball together though. They are missing these three guys and without them in the lineup, they went like seven and three over the next 10 games. You know, like a lot of teams can't replace those three guys I was talking about earlier and still keep winning games. And that's exactly what the Raptors did. I mean, they kept winning game after game after game with all those guys out of the lineup. And I mean, hats off to them. Just a team. Well, they find production from everyone, whether it's Chris Boucher, Terrence Davis. I mean, they have so many crazy, lengthy lineups that they'll play. I mean, whenever they have people out, they just speed the pace up and play better, you know. And it's it's crazy. Not a lot of teams can do that. They, you know, they they have so many different styles and ways they can play, and they use their personnel so well. They have such a great team. I love watching them play basketball. Got them coming in here at number five. Yeah, and no, honestly, I think that's a testament to. Nick Nurse, man, I, I think that he's just such a great head coach. Uh, I think he knows how to make adjustments. You saw it. I think one of his biggest issues is the fact that he sometimes makes his adjustments too late, uh, but hasn't hurt him in the past, and he's actually 
pretty much done everything that you can possibly do correctly as an NBA coach. Uh, he has a ring for it. He has a title to show for it. And honestly, the Raptors could surprise us again. Uh, I honestly don't see why they couldn't because if you look at the whole entire playoffs last year, how many, between me and you, I know that it was neither of us, but how many other people had the Raptors even getting to the Eastern Conference Finals? We, we, I remember we both felt like that they had a really good chance to get there, but I think we picked, no, actually did take Bucks Raptors. That is right. We both actually did have that matchup, correct? I can't even remember if we had it or not, but I know for a fact, and I, I, I know, know for the Bucks coming out of the East, and I know for a fact that neither one of us picked the Raptors to beat the Bucks. I'm almost positive. Shot. I mean, the Bucks were up two games to none, and Game Three went to overtime. Milwaukee almost beat them. I mean, they were that close to getting eliminated, and then they came back and won the series. It was crazy. I mean, if they kept Kawhi around, I'd probably have the Raptors at number one on this list right now. Oh, for so. sure. I mean, the Raptors, I don't know why Kawhi didn't. Well, minus being in Toronto, but moving forward. I can't blame him. Yeah, um, I mean, whatever. Speaking of Kawhi, coming in at number four, I actually have the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Clippers. A lot of people are going to hate me for having the Lakers here at number four. Clippers or Lakers? Lakers. I was I was just messing around when I said speaking of Kawhi. Okay. Um, but I was also kind of saying it because he didn't want to play with LeBron, so it's kind yeah. of funny. But um, I've got the I got the uh, Lakers right here, and you know what? A lot of people are going to say, "Oh, the Lakers should be higher. The Lakers should be one. The Lakers should be two on this list." I think they're in the perfect spot here, to be honest with you. I mean, at the end of the day, the Lakers have a great team and all, but Anthony Davis is really injury prone. LeBron is playing great basketball, and that was a hell of a game to watch last night, but. I don't think the Lakers can compete with small ball, and I definitely know they don't match up well with at all with the Clippers, and I don't think they can beat the Clippers in a seven-game series. So, therefore, I cannot put them over either of these teams. I think they have a really good team, but I think they still need that like one more player. Like if they could have traded Kuzma for Spencer Dinwiddie, I think they would. Have, I'd probably put him in number one here, number two. You know, like the also too, the Lakers have played a very easy schedule this half of the year. If you go look at their upcoming games, they got to play at the 76ers still. They got to play the Rockets again. They got to play the Clippers. I mean, they twice. got at Clippers this week. Still. I mean, they have this week. They have the they have Philly, Milwaukee, and the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, if you go look at the Lakers' schedule, I mean, they have a very tough upcoming schedule. And, I mean, I think that these games are just starting to even out. We're going to see their record get a little bit closer to the pack here in these upcoming games. Um, they also just took what, a what, schmacking on by the Memphis Grizzlies, which was odd. Didn't expect that. But I kind of agree with you here. I mean, the Lakers are just kind of one of those teams right now that obviously has a really, really good shot at, you know, even going to the finals and winning it. But... Right now, they're still not going to be in my top. Um, they're not going to be in my top three right now. Um, just simply because sometimes they're just super inconsistent. Um, from one night to the next, uh, they're super inconsistent. I do think that the uh, Markeith Morris... Um, yeah, he makes them better. Acquisition makes them better and also kind of prepares them for that small ball. Um style of play a little bit better I think in my opinion um granted nobody's going to be able to completely play small ball like your uh your Rockets <laughs> or a team like that but um I don't know I don't think Morris makes their small ball lineup better I think he makes their small ball lineup even slower and worse honestly 
Well, I was seeing him as the replacement in a small ball lineup style of JaVale McGee, Davis. Which oh. Is... See, I don't think so. You think you think it think about this. So if you play against against the Rockets, odds are so you're gonna be going up against PJ Tucker. So either LeBron Davis or Morris guards PJ Tucker. Then after that, you gotta account for who's gonna guard Robert Covington, uh, Jer- or what's his not Gerald Green, um, Eric Gordon, um, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. I don't think any of those three guys can guard James Harden or Russell Westbrook, or else they'll get absolutely eaten alive. So I mean, they gotta guard the other three guys, but all those other three guys stand in the corners and shoot threes. So I mean, there's no one, none of those guys can help out and protect the rim. So. I don't really see that lineup working. If they step in, that's why those guys are there to stand in the corners because they're just going to pop their wide-open threes. I mean, we'll see. I, I think uh, – I don't think small ball is going to win this season. Uh, I really don't. But we'll see how it works out. So I'm assuming hey, that we'll, you do we'll have the, it works out. the – I'm assuming that you have the Clippers next. Yes, I do have the Can Clippers Can I take next. a By stab way, at – Hold up. Give me one sec. By the way, shout out. I forgot to mention this as well. The Raptors do have the best defense in the entire NBA, and Boston does have the second best. I forgot to mention those two things. I had them written on here. I forgot to say them. But, yeah, I'll let you take a stab at the Clippers first if you want to. Where do you have the Clippers at? I have the Clippers right where you have them in this three spot. Um, I am just was going to take a stab at your other two, which I swear to God, if you leave the Houston Rockets at one, no, no, I'm no, going to leave my fun. home and come over there and smack the shit out of you. No, I have the Bucks at one because I actually don't think small ball matches up at all with the Bucks, which is the Rockets' problem because Giannis is – I mean, Giannis can play in any against any small ball lineup and not lose anything, and you don't have any, anybody at home protecting the rim against – Yeah, well – Giannis, I mean. I mean, I have the Clippers at number three. I easily think that they could slide into number two as well. Um, the reason being is the fact that they are – Obviously a really talented team, even before their deadline acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to scoop Reggie Jackson, who honestly has been playing great for them and was playing pretty good for the Detroit Pistons. I'm not saying that Reggie Jackson is a complete game changer, but he is a pretty talented player and a great bench option. And I could easily see him making a difference in some playoff games. Uh, and on top of that, you also had the Marcus Morris trade, which helps your team a lot. And I actually don't like that trade that much. I mean, I think it helps them with, I didn't like it before they got Reggie Jackson. Um, I just like that. They are adding so much firepower. So I think that the sky's the limit for them and it all just depends on how they can pull it together. Their bench is phenomenal. I mean, their bench is probably the best and best in the NBA right now. Um, I I actually liked it better when they had Mo Harkless because when you have Harkless, Kawhi, um, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and um, Jamichael Green on the floor together, you can switch anything. So that's you know like why I don't like small it. Small ball lineup. Why? Because their small ball lineup now consists of the two guards, Montrez, Harrell, probably one of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, if not both. Um, it, it, that is a very fast small ball lineup. You can match really well with the uh, yeah. Rockets. I mean, it just yeah. Or you can play Montrez. That is true. I didn't think about that. I mean, it just uh, it helps them a lot. And even if you don't play Montrez, or well, their small ball lineup is gonna be Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, 
one of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, if not both, Montrez Harrell. And then if you're not playing both PG and Kawhi Leonard, then you put Marcus Morris in there. And that's a great small ball lineup. I mean, all those dudes can play from the top of the key. Uh, you got a ton of spacing, a ton of speed, and you've got that gritty type of player like your Montrez Harrell and Marcus Morris, for that matter. I mean, they're both kind of your your P.J. Tucker grit that you would need in that small ball lineup. So I, I really like that they were able to kind of piece this team together. I think that you really have to kind of look at the fine print with this Clippers team uh, to kind of see what they were trying to do with their deadline acquisitions. But in my mind, that's the only thing that I saw. Hey, well, since the Rockets have made the change with small ball, they're seven and two. Yes, James Harden's scoring has oh, gone boy. down, but Russell Westbrook has turned into an actual superstar once again with how they've cleared the paint out for them. Um, I just, I just don't know who's going to stop these guys. I really don't. I mean, that game last the other night against Boston, they could have given up at halftime, came back down, down fifteen at the half. I mean, that was. I just feel like this Rockets team is on a mission. I feel like Harden and Westbrook are determined to get the ring. Now, do I think they can beat the Bucs? I don't really – I'm honestly going to say no. I don't think they can beat the Bucs, but I think they can easily get – I don't not easily, but I think they can get through the Western Conference. I don't know, man. I'll just, we'll just have to see. I don't think that it's going to be as easy as you think it will. I do think that I they have a chance. Easy. I do think they have a chance, and I – do like the way that they've been playing since this small ball lineup has come to fruition. However, how long is that going to last before teams start keying down on it uh, correctly? And even if they don't key down on it, how successful will it be in playoffs where, you know, as in the past, they've lived and died with the three ball. So, you know, how that worked out last time it happened. Last couple times it's happened. Yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> yeah. They they haven't had Russell Westbrook, you know? Like, Harden's never had another all-star playing next to him. You're right. I mean, you did have Chris Paul, but I don't think they really, like, completely meshed com- appropriately. Chris Paul was injured all the time, and when he was meshing appropriately, they would have won. And then, of course, what happens? Chris Paul gets injured. Classic. I mean, who would have expected that, you know? Um, I think that with Russell Westbrook and Harden in there, it's going to be different. Plus, Robert Covington's definitely better than Ariza or um, – I think, Robertson, or I think uh, Robert Covington is the key piece in that whole entire lineup. That's uh, what I'm saying. His defense and the way he shoots those three balls, I honestly think P.J. Tucker is the key piece in the entire P- lineup. because P.J. Tucker he's a played junkyard his dog. ass off the other night against the Boston Celtics. So He does it every night. I mean, P.J. Tucker might not get anything in the in the cat in the uh what he's doing is so valuable that it doesn't matter how it shows up. He's getting down and he's ding up the best player on the team for 40 minutes and he's down in that stance, ding him up. He's getting the rebounds, he's boxing people out. Down in the stance, ding him up. Like he's doing everything for this team. I mean, PJ Tucker, he's a dog, you know. He does not get the type of respect that he deserves for what he does and you know, he's a guy who had to go play overseas to get where he's at and he knows that you can play as hard, you know. You got to play that hard, or else you might find your way back overseas again. I mean, I really think this Rockets team, I think they're scary. Yeah, um, I'm not going to disagree with that. I don't know if they are going to, you know, win uh, their way into the finals, but we'll see. Uh, that's a tough, tough conference to come out of, obviously. 
And I think that this is probably one of the more hard to predict Western conferences that we've seen in the last five years or so. Um, give, I mean, give or take. The next one, of course, is going to be the Bucks. I mean, this is a team that's looking really, really scary. And the fact that they beat the Thunder, who we have in our top 10, without Chris Middleton by 47 points, is really all we have to say on this point. I mean, I, I don't... Hey, it, I just want to say this. Do you think the Bucks are going to win it all? Look, we thought the Bucks were going to win it all last year, and they didn't. Um, they didn't even get to the finals. So it's hard for me to say, yeah, the Bucks are going to win it all. But I'd like to see them gain more experience. Um, I'm not going to say that they aren't going to win it all. Or, or I should say, I'm not going to say that they can't win it all. But I don't think that, like, this isn't yeah. this isn't one of those like I wouldn't even give them the favoritism that the Golden State Warriors were getting over the course of the last couple of years, no, just I simply agree. because the experience isn't there. I mean, they have never played in the finals game. Yeah, Straight I don't up. know. I think the Clippers is the worst matchup for them. I think they can take care of the Lakers and the Rockets. I don't think they can beat the Clippers though. But also on top of this. Just like my main argument, the Bucks at the beginning of the season, why I couldn't pick them to be the number one or two team in the league and why I couldn't pick them to win the East and everything. I mean, even though I'm picking them right now to win the East is because I can't make the argument that they got any better than they were last year. And I still think that their number one problem is Eric Bledsoe and he's still on the roster. So, I mean, I love this Bucks team and everything they do. They're a great team. They play great basketball, but I just really don't know if I can sell myself on them winning at all with as long as they still have Bledsoe and as long as they didn't get any better. I mean, yeah, Wes Matthews is definitely an upgrade for a shooter, but I really like Brogdon, man. That defense and passing and everything. I think if Brogdon was healthy, I think they would have got past the Raptors. I mean, people forget he was out for like – he's pretty much out until like the he, – he, he came back against the Celtics. You know, he was out for like a month. Yeah, and I mean, it just, the fact of the matter is that the Bucks really just don't have any experience whatsoever um, in a, like, deep playoff run. I mean, truly, they've gotten eliminated early. Uh, well, I want to say it last year was necessarily early, but it was earlier than expected. Um because they were pretty much finals favorites. Uh, they just need that experience. And until they get that, I'm not sure if I'm ready to just be like, oh, yep, the Bucks are it. The Bucks are going to win the finals. Mm-hmm. That's exa- See, that's exactly what I'm saying. I agree with you completely on that one. But that's all I got for this podcast. I mean, a little recap real quick. My top 10 was... One, it was 10, I had the Heat, 9, I had the Mavs, 8, I had the Thunder, 7, I had the Nuggets, 6, Celtics, 5, Raptors, 4, Lakers, 3, Clippers, 2, Rockets, 1, Bucks. What was yours, what was yours again, Brett? On what? On the top what 5? Was your, uh, yeah, what, or, what was your top 10 again? Just run through it real quick. Um, I had, hold on. Let me pull this document up. Come on, dude. You got to have it ready to fire. Hey, man. I had already closed it up. And now you're making me reopen it. So, <laughs> pretty pretty messed up on your part. That's all I got to say. Um, all right. Got it open. 
So, I had the Miami Heat checking in at 10, just like yourself. I had the Oklahoma City Thunder checking in at 9. I actually had the Dallas Mavericks swung up at 8. I just like the Mavericks. Um, that's really just a personal opinion on that one. We had the Denver I mean, Nuggets in the same... either way. We had the Denver Nuggets in the same spot. I actually had the Rockets back at 6, but they're rising for me. Um, pretty substantial rise for them. Uh, I think they got to be hot Celtics. They just beat their ass twice in the last two weeks. They could probably, they're not right now. They're not, not for me. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Wow, they just beat not yet. Twice in- and I wanted to go through this top 10 to piss you off because I put the Celtics directly in front of them just to really grind your gears right now. So then I had your Raptors, then the Clippers, then the Lakers, then the Bucks, And really, my top 10 is shifting so dramatically over the last, I'd say, week. I'm still expecting it to change again. Um, this is a completely wide open top five, in my opinion. Uh, I think that the Rockets kind of bumped up into my uh, power rankings when they started the small ball. But you know what, dude? They're struggling with the Knicks right now, and they're down by two with four seconds left. So, eh, I mean, that was I kind of expected that tonight. I will also say this, though. There's only four teams on this list that can win the finals, and that's the Celtics, Raptors, Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, and Bucks. I would say more so the Celtics and Raptors that can only get to the finals. I don't know if they two can win, but I think those are the. T- I think one of those. I think two of those six teams will be in the finals. I'd be willing to put a ton of money on that. I mean, the odds would obviously be horrible, but I'm just. I mean, you agree with that at least that those are the six best teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, I would. Um, I think they're all on another level from everyone else. And, and I, I said the Nuggets. I, yeah, I said I was about to say, I think you could probably maybe swing the Nuggets in there depending on how they're playing on a given night. They're but... barely a level below. Yeah, exactly. And I will also say this, no Jazz 76ers because they're frauds. The Pacers' chemistry looks off right now. Um, the Heat are frauds too, but the Heat are just barely unfraudulent enough to get in the top 10. But that's all we got it for y'all today. Um, we appreciate everyone tuning in, and we got big things in the making, so... Make sure to keep your eyes out for that. Brett, take us out of here. Yeah, dude, I actually just got, speaking of which, before I do my classic piece, I actually just got a nice little uh, logo that is for something that Penland is involved with, um, which is going to directly correlate to the role player, which we have a whole other thing going on over there. So we have about... I would say a week and a half before we officially drop this thing, but we're working on something and that's all I'm going to really say about it. Um, We're just going to have to kind of release it when it releases. So do be on the lookout um, potentially for a new and different way to release our content. And also should I tease the game, man? Should I tease the game? If you want to. Yeah, so Thomas and our friend Bid Bolton are going to be starting a podcast called The A-Game. So be on the lookout for that. I won't even tell you what it's about, Oh yeah, but it's coming up soon, as in this week. So that's all I got. Appreciate you having me on, Tom. Tommy boy. No problem. Peace. Boom.